Happy Sunday night, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Straight Out Left. Tonight, we're going to be talking about which teams in the MLB are going to be the biggest sellers at the impending trade deadline, as well as the potential landing spots for their talented players that they're looking to flip. So stick around for tonight's episode. It's going to be a good one. All right. This is one of the most exciting times of the baseball season, time when players start getting flipped to uh, other teams. Uh, Trade deadline is always a huge deal. And there's a lot of teams with a lot of very talented players who are out of the race that are looking to get some return for some of their breakout stars or just established veterans this year. Um, so I kind of went through first and I was just looking at, okay, which teams are going to be sellers and which teams are going to be buyers at the deadline. So the official unofficial sellers list that I have is Baltimore, despite their recent um, success. They have no delusions about trying to pursue a playoff berth this year. It's not going to happen in that sect of a division. And they just, I don't really feel like that their success is sustainable. And everyone kind of feels that way. But it's been a fun run. And it's nice that they're playing competitive baseball, but they're not going to be looking to add at the deadline. They're going to keep trying to keep the rebuild going, except maybe not just scrapping everything, as I'll get to in a second. Detroit rough start to a year where they were kind of a sleeper team for being somewhat competitive, but it just really hasn't worked out for them. Kansas City, we knew it was going to be kind of a tough year for them. It's been even worse than expected. They have a lot of uh, pieces they're looking to flip. Oakland, the fire sale is continuing. Pretty much everything of value right now in Oakland is has a potential to be traded. Everyone is – no one in Oakland is safe pretty much. They're really going full skirt scorched earth here. Uh, Nationals been a really just terrible season, a season to forget. Um, we're not even getting into the whole Juan Soto thing in this video, really, but uh, yeah, things aren't really great in the nation's capital for the baseball team. Then the Cubs, really, the bombs kind of fell out, out on them this year. Things just aren't going great, and they have a lot of pieces they can move. The Reds, kind of similar to the A's, they're looking to kind of, to just flip everything of value that they can. Pirates are still in their rebuild, except uh, they're finally starting to, I think they've kind of reached rock bottom and are starting to kind of climb up a little bit. So it's not a full teardown anymore, but just looking to build some value on some surprise performers at the beginning of the year. Arizona, they're, they've rebounded after a horrendous season last year, but still they're not going to be competing for a playoff spot this year. So time to continue to build up that farm system. And hey, the on-field product isn't bad, so they're kind of ahead of schedule almost, you could say. But yeah, a lot of their amazing player, a lot of their amazing talents are at least could be considered for some trades. And then everyone else that every team that I didn't name is a buyer, except for the weird category that I'm going to call it. Uh, the weird category is the Guardians, the Rangers, the Angels and the Rockies. The Guardians and Rangers are both in playoff contention, but with their current roster, especially with the Rangers, I don't know if it's really possible for them to make a playoff push. However, they're not really... They could they could be a few good trades away from suddenly getting better and pushing for that last wildcard spot, in my opinion, especially the Guardians, not so much the Rangers, but the Rangers really don't have a ton of pieces like 
that they could trade not a ton of there aren't really many valuable contracts expiring at the end of the year um you could flip some of their relievers but i'm not really going to count them as a seller they're not looking to trade their their best players the angels should not be sellers i'm just pointing them in this because they should not be sellers i don't i think at this point it's too late to save their season so do they kind of become a seller i who knows i the angels perpetually confuse me and the Rockies, the Rockies talk about confusing front offices. This is the front office that was that is done so many things over the past couple of years. Where it just leaves us scratching our heads. I mean, but hey, who are we to talk? Colorado's front office, if they want to not trade Trevor Story last year's deadline and let him leave for nothing, and then trade Nolan Arenado for pennies on the dollar, and then go out and sign Chris Bryant to a giant contract after refusing to extend Arenado. Uh, I, okay, sure, whatever. I have no idea what they're going to do. So, And they technically are still in the race. They are kind of close. They're about six games out last time I checked of the last wildcard spot. So they could, but they can't because they have no pitching and a pretty inconsistent lineup. But anyway, so yeah. So these are my seller teams. I think most people would agree with this. Now, but different teams are at different degrees of selling. So a team like Oakland or is trying to get rid of everything possible, anything of value that they can. Same kind of with Kansas City. Whereas a team like uh, like Baltimore or even like an Arizona, you're not necessarily trying to sell everything, if that makes sense. You might hang on to some guys at this point. But... um. I'm going to, what I'm going to do here is I'm just going to go through, I have 10, um, most likely trade candidates. I'm going to call it these 10 players here are 10 players, um, that I think absolutely are going to be traded. And I'm going to give which team I think they're going to go to. And then there's a few other names I left off here that I'm going to explain in a, in a second. So let's just start with uh, number 10 here. I have Paul Blackburn of the Oakland A's. So now Blackburn, he's a, he's a starting pitcher, and coming into this season, he had made about 27 major league starts over five years, very injury-prone and very inconsistent. But suddenly this year, he has put it all together and earned an all-star nod. He has a 3.62 ERA. He has 97 innings over those 18 starts, so he's... Pitching a good amount of innings, he's been very effective for an Oakland team that doesn't have much else to cheer for. And yeah, I think that what the um, uh, the A's are going to look here and see is that, hey, Blackburn has never been a very valuable pitcher until this season, so let's trade him now while, because just based on how this, how pitching, how pitchers kind of work and just how, just how life goes, I guess you're probably expecting him to go back to his injury riddled ways again. So they're going to capitalize on the value they has right now. He's probably that he might not have later on. I think a team like St. Louis would be looking for a Blackburn. They have, you know, the Wayne Wright and the Wayne Wrights and the miles Nicholas and a couple other arms in the rotation, but they're looking for kind of a guy to stabilize the back end of the rotation. And that's Paul Blackburn. Cause he's not, you're not trading for him to be your ACE, but he can be a solid three, four starter. So I think that trading uh, St. Louis is very close to catching up to Milwaukee. They've been with them all season. So 
improve your starting pitching a little bit, um, add a little more depth there, some innings, and I think that could work out. And uh, St. Louis does have some good prospects that they'd be able to flip to Oakland, which Oakland would gladly take. Number nine is David Robertson, the uh, closer from the Chicago Cubs. Basically, any uh, bad team that has good relievers should be looking to trade them. And Robertson is no exception. He has had an amazing uh, sort of resurgence this year. You know, his career was pretty uh, derailed at this point. But then uh, over 32 games this year, he has a 1.98 ERA. He has got 12 saves, and he's striking out almost 12 batters per nine. And he has a whip of .99. So he's been really solid for uh, for the Cubs, and there's no reason for them to keep him around. So might as well ship him off somewhere. And I think that the Minnesota Twins, we uh, we desperately need some bullpen help. And Robertson could be that guy. Honestly, I would have him close. Keep uh, Duran in kind of that... Um, uh, uh, setup role that we've having it, we've been having him in, and then don't put guys like Pagan and Thielbar and Duffy in high leverage situations. Kind of let Robertson and Duran handle that. So the Twins should definitely be in the market for a reliever, and I think that Robertson makes makes sense here. Number eight, we got another starting pitcher. We have Jose Quintana from the Pittsburgh Pirates. This uh, signing, f- uh, the Pirates signed Quintana to a contract this uh, offseason. Pretty much, they're only real signing of any significance and it paid off exactly as they would have wanted 18 solid starts with a 3.99 era his best pitching since his all-star year in 2016 no doubt uh you know some of the uh um the whip is a little high but he's not uh walking he's not striking out a ton of guys but he's not walking a ton of guys either and his 3.32 fip is a lot a little bit better than his 3.99 era and he's a solid lefty pitcher. And like Blackburn, he's not someone you're going to trade for to be your um, your uh, ace. But he can be a solid number four starter, especially in a rotation that needs lefties. And in my opinion, the Toronto Blue Jays could use a pitcher like him. They have the t- one-two punch of Go- Gossman and Manoa. And Ber- Berrios, is, um, uh, he's been inconsistent this year, but he, he, he should be able to figure it out. But they don't really have a good lefty option because Ryu is hurt, and um, who's the other lefty that they had? Was it Kikuchi? Yeah, Kikuchi. So he Kikuchi's been very ineffective and also has some injury problems this year. So uh, Quintana is a lefty. Throw him in there as your number four starter and uh, kind of change things up after a very, in a very righty-dominant rotation. And he could help the Blue Jays get over the hump and try to rebound after this little midseason slide they've been in. All right. And then moving on to my number seven uh, most likely trade candidate, uh, Andrew Chafin from the Detroit Tigers. Um, He's had another very solid under-the-radar year in Detroit. Um, A 2.22 ERA with uh, almost 11 strikeouts per nine and a whip of .95. The FIP is a 2.33, so pretty much identical. Been very solid. Great lefty option that many teams would kill to have. And I think, actually, the New York Mets could use a little lefty help in their bullpen. Beyond Edwin Diaz and Adam Adovino, the bullpen hasn't been terrific. It lacks depth. So um, uh, Chafin would be a nice little supplement there, and the Mets can definitely afford to go out there and get him. So he would fit in very nicely. Number six uh, from the Cincinnati Reds, another starting pitcher, uh, Tyler Maley. 
the Reds are going to be looking to flip uh, Maley. I definitely, I believe, because they're continuing to sell off everything of value as they tear everything down and try to rebuild. And uh, Maley, while he hasn't been perfect, he has a 4.48 ERA over 17 starts, and he has 92 innings over that span. So getting fairly deep into games, he's also he also strikes out a ton of batters. And if he can kind of uh, get back a little bit to his 2020-2021 um, form when he posted an ERA over, well, he led the National League in starts last year with 33, but over 42 starts in the past two years before 2022 at a 3.72 ERA and also struck out 10.7 batters per nine. He um he could be a very valuable again maybe not an ace but definitely a two three four pitcher and Boston especially given today the recent uh, injury to Chris Sale he broke his finger in a start against the Yankees today they really really need some starting pitching help and uh, Maley fits in there nicely so he could be your guy um so yeah I would go with um I'd go with him if I was Boston. At number five, uh, Frankie Montas, another, uh, once again, another starting pitcher. Dang, I really, yeah, all pitchers so far. But Montas is definitely the ace of the A's rotation and a prime trade candidate. He uh, he is um, arbitration eligible next year, but uh, the A's are still going to be looking to flip him because his value is really, really high right now. Uh, 3.26 ERA. Um 9.3 strikeouts per nine, 3.29 FIP. So again, pretty much identical. Really, really good after uh, he finished sixth in American League Cy Young voting last year. So he's continuing that form. And I think just for the heck of it, it I think Montas is um, a pitcher that the Yankees are going to go out and get and just really shore up the rotation depth. And honestly, they kind of don't need it, but, you know, replace uh, Montgomery with Montas and you've got an even more deadly rotation than they already have. Also, I mean, let's be real. The Yankees aren't going to let this deadline going, go by without getting one of the elite um, options out there. And uh, you could, if I made this video a few weeks ago, I would have said it would be Ben Tendy, but the whole um, uh, jab concern with Tor playing Toronto as a division rival, as I'll get into in a second. So yeah, I think uh, Montas is a guy the Yankees are going to be looking to go after. And uh, number four, first hitter on this list, we've got Josh Bell. Josh Bell for Washington has had an incredible year. Definitely, I mean, even better than his 2019 All-Star year in uh, Pittsburgh, but he's he has 13 home runs and 50 RBIs, a 3.11 batting average, and an 8.95 OPS. Good for a 159 OPS plus. He's been absolutely tearing the cover off the ball, and he did have a solid year last year in uh, Washington. He started off slow, but he finished the year with 27 home runs and a 2.61 batting average and an 8.23 OPS. So, not too shabby. So, I think at this point, Josh Bell has shown that he can, can be a consistent hitter at the major league level, and I think that Boston could really use. Uh, some help at first base. Uh, Boston's going to Boston's going to be a very active player in this trade deadline. I believe they've they're a team that has playoff aspirations, but they have a ton of glaring holes, including at first base where Bobby Dahlbeck. I'm sorry, but he just has not been cutting it. A 75 OPS plus and only 22 RBIs is not going to do it. And he's been playing pretty much every game. He's not like riding the bench. He's got 82 games, maybe not as many plate appearances, but 
yeah, not quite cutting it. Franchi Cordero, same thing, 88 OPS plus, not really what you're looking for from your uh, first base position. So I think you slot Bell, who's would probably fit in a little better as a DH, but he can play a fairly decent first base. He's not an amazing glove, but he can he can get things done over there. And I think he adds uh, even more pop to that load Red Sox lineup and solidifies that first base hole. This one was an interesting one. Uh, my number three guy is Andrew Benintendi. Um, the whole um, issue with how he can't play in Canada is um, very interesting. It takes um, teams like the Yankees and the Red Sox, who probably would have been interested in his services, out of the running for him because you don't want to have your your star trade deadline acquisition not being able to play for you in key in-division uh, series late in the season, or even worse, a playoff uh, series that happens to be in Toronto. But really solid year for Ben Tendi. He's really turned things around. He has a 317 batting average, a 124 OPS plus. Only three home runs, but he's getting on base a ton of 386 clip. That's really good. Um, and I think he also has a great glove. He won the gold glove last year. Because of this, I think he slots in well with the Philadelphia Phillies. Now, the Phillies have been having to put Cal Schwarber and Nick Castellanos at their corner outfield spots since Harper got hurt, which um, when Harper has original uh, elbow injury, not his hand um, issue or broke um, when he got hit by the pitch. But since that initial injury happened and Harper left right field, and then you had both Schwarber and Castellanos out there who, who are two of the worst defensive outfielders out there, the Phillies are definitely, they could definitely use some help. I mean, defense, may, it doesn't always show itself in glaring, terrible error fashion. It just, you the little things like, oh, maybe a more agile center fielder could have caught that ball instead of letting it drop in for a single. Um, better, better, more accurate throws. Maybe you get a guy at home play instead of it going up the line. So... I think Ben Tendi would fit in really well in Philadelphia, mainly because of his glove, but he would also just, you know, add a little extra oomph to the lineup. Not really even oomph, because, like I said, only three home runs. But good on base skills, good batting average, good bat-to-ball skills. He doesn't strike out a lot. His strikeout rate is what? Uh, 14.1, which is the lowest of his career. So he's learned how to cut the strikeouts out of his game. So, um, yeah, I think he would really comp, uh, comp – his strengths would – are, his strengths are things that Philadelphia does not have, so he would really help them out. And Philadelphia, at this point, you've got to be adding even more to the deadline. Like you can't afford to just sit around and hope that things work. Like you've got the position that Philly's in right now is they have to go all in and actually make the playoffs. Because if they don't, it's going to be an even worse letdown than any of the past Philly seasons. Uh, number two, uh, we've got the, in my opinion, the best. Uh, pitcher that's most likely to be traded Luis Castillo from the Reds he's their ace and he's shown it this year just as always a 2.77 ERA um 3.03 FIP so a little bit higher but pretty good um 9.5 strikeouts per nine he can really dominate really solid pitcher all-star this year and uh Cincinnati is going to be looking to get a lot for him and I think that the Mets can handle that asking price I think Steve Cohen will be willing to bring a bring Castillo in because the rotation for the Mets while it's um so it was and funny enough it was supposed to be their biggest strength but it really hasn't been due to injuries and a little bit of ineffectiveness but that rotation could really use a jolt and an extra given how um the Braves are right on their tail um the rotation could use a little extra um 
uh, shoring up, I guess is the right word. Like um, Max Scherzer and Taiwan Walker have both been really good. Um, Scherzer's been battling injuries, but when he's been healthy, he's been just as good as ever. David Pearson's been a serviceable option. Uh, Chris Bassett's not been blowing anyone away, but he's been eating innings. Uh, Car- Carlos Carrasco's kind of the um, kind of been a little bit of a letdown, although his um, FIP and other peripheral numbers suggest that he might be a little better. However, I think if you're the Mets, you just you want to make that big splash and bring in um, like bring in Chafin to show up the bullpen, but you want to kind of wow people. And that's what Cohen does, and I think that Castillo would be. Um, be a good option for them, especially given that DeGrom is still um, struggling with injury. And then, um, yeah, would really, uh, really make that rotation into a true um, impenetrable force. Think about if we had um, a World Series where the Mets and Yankees made it and we had a rotation. So the current, the team's current rotations, plus add Castillo to the Mets and add Montas to the Yankees. And then even if we had DeGrom to the Mets, oh my goodness, that would be the pitcher pitchers lovers dream world series starting pitchers at least. But yeah, I mean, and there's definitely tons of other teams that could use Castillo services. I mean, every contending team is going to be looking to add, add pitching, but I think that the Mets are going to be the team that's willing to shell out what the Reds are looking for, for him. And then number one, this guy, um, because of his position and because of his value that he brings and given his uh, contract situation, the team that he's on, it just makes the most sense that he should be traded. And uh, the team, his current team is going to get a lot back for him because of all those factors I just listed, but it's a uh, Wilson Contreras. He's a free agent at the end of the year. The Cubs are in no position to compete right now. And he is the best chip they've got. Cause this guy, I mean, great. Okay, not terrific bat, but definitely he's having a great offensive season. 254 bang average, but he's knocking the cover off the ball. He's an 825 OPS, which is his career mark is 809, so kind of right there with you. 131 OPS plus this year. He's a great hitter, great uh, great leader on, on this Cubs team. So it'll be sad to see him go if you're a Cubs fan. But uh, yeah, not... Uh, not an amazing defensive catcher, but he uh, he gets things done back there, and he's a he's just um, he brings a lot. So the Cubs are going to be have a high asking price for him, but he is a free agent at the end of the year, so this is going to be a rental. But there are definitely several teams that could really use a catcher. Definitely though, it's the Houston Astros. That's really the Astros' one weakness is their catching spot. Everything else is pretty rock solid from the bullpen to the rotation to most of their other positions. Except for center field. Center field could definitely use a little help. But catching, they have Martin Maldonado, who has a 63 OPS plus and a 169 batting average. I mean, all the defensive ability in the world isn't going to make up for that. And then, like, uh, Jason Castro's been pretty bad. He's been injured. Uh, I don't think Corey Lee is really your um, long-term solution here. So, yeah, Contreras uh, should be going to Houston. You could also make the case for Tampa Bay. They could use some catching help. I think Houston is a little more, um, a little more willing to part with more prospects in order to get, um, in order to get Contreras. So yeah, um, top ten players that I'm expecting to be traded and where I think they're going to go. Some notable names I left off this list. I left off pretty much every Oriole because. Don't think the Orioles are in a position right now. They definitely shouldn't be trying to buy, but they don't need to be selling everything. 
Now, a guy like Jorge Lopez could definitely get a nice return, and Trey Mancini could too. The thing is, though, is that given the... I I don't know. I am a fan, so I'm not as uh, impartial as a, as a front office executive might be, but just seeing how the Orioles are so... They're, they're having so much fun out there, and they're doing so well. They're so loose, and Mancini is definitely the leader of that team. To trade him would be a PR nightmare for this team. So because of that, I left him out of my top 10. He could definitely get moved. I mean, there's a they have, he has a mutual option at the end of the year, but it's only for $10 million, and Mancini is established at this point. is worth more than $10 million a year, so he's not coming back with that. The Orioles could try to work out a new contract with him and be like, okay, you're the only guy that we need to pay right now. We'll pay you, which I think is fair. That's what I would do. But he, did, he he could definitely get moved. And he's also another like Boston potential, although uh, interdivision trades, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, so I didn't, I don't think they're going to be the most softer. And Lopez has shown a, little, a few cracks recently. So it might, some teams might be a little worried because up to this for up to the first like uh, three months of the season, um, Lopez really had a very underwhelming track record. So he's not going to be the most pursued reliever compared to a Chafin or a Robertson or um, some of these other guys. Um, the Tigers, I mean, they don't have really a lot to flip besides some relievers. Everyone else is really young and controllable, so they kind of hit rock bottom of the teardown, and it's time to kind of start building. So they're not going to be as big of sellers. Kansas City has tons of other players they could trade. They could trade Brad Keller. They could trade Taylor. They could trade Merrifield, although Merrifield's stock has declined recently given his poor season. Um, Oakland, another interesting trade piece. I don't know if they would do this, but they definitely could, is to trade Sean Murphy and a team like the Rays or the Astros. Like I said, the one that the team that loses out in the Contreras sweepstakes could definitely call the A's about Murphy. And pretty much everything of value, any player on the A's that has a positive war, they're probably going to, they would trade if you gave them the right price. Um, Cincinnati and the Cubs, same kind of thing. Lots of people they could trade. I don't know if you go out and if you're Chicago and trade Ian Happ yet, because he is having his best year. So his value has never been higher, but maybe you don't need to do a full teardown. I mean, you're kind of already there, but could definitely be a move. Rockies Rockies have a ton of interesting relievers like uh, Bard and Colome, as well as some stars like Chad Cool that they could maybe move. But against the Rockies, we have no idea what they're going to do. And then I guess I'll finish with the last team, the team that I'm somehow, somehow my second favorite team, the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, I have family that lives in Pittsburgh, so that's why. But please, you can trade Quintana. You could even maybe trade Bednar, although I don't think trading Bednar is a good idea because he's very controllable. But also, you don't know, he might regress because reliever, projecting relievers' future performance is a crapshoot. You have no idea what they're going to do. But you could trade Bednar, but please, 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 for the love of God, do not trade Brian Reynolds. I've been saying this for weeks now. Do not trade him. He is the guy that you build this team around, not O'Neill Cruz. Because Cruz has a lot of potential, but he's not established it yet. Not a Jack Sawinski or a Cabrian Hayes, although we already have committed to building around Cabrian Hayes. You build this team around Brian Reynolds. You can keep him long enough to be competitive again, and then hopefully sign him to an extension, or then trade him when you actually need to. You don't need to trade him for a few years yet, so don't do it. 
I know he's there have been some issues with trying to work out an extension with him, and he hasn't he doesn't seem to be happy with how the Pirates have apparently been lowballing him. But please open your wallet and pay this man, or at the very least, do not trade him and then pay him well during arbitration next year. You've got to keep him. Please. All right. Um, anyway. But yeah, that's all I've got. Should be an exciting deadline. Look for another episode coming out very soon, probably on Tuesday night, where I go over um, the the buying the buyers teams and what uh, what kind of needs they're looking to fill and some ideas about who could fill those needs. So yeah, that should be very interesting as well. Trade deadline season is almost upon us, and it is going to be a wild ride. All right, all right, all right. Thank you once again for listening to this episode of Straight Out of Left. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Apple, and many other podcasting platforms, all right? Make sure you follow it or give it a five-star review or do whatever you got to do to sh- make sure it shows up in your feed. And also make sure you do whatever you got to do to make sure we get back to family values in this country. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you all again soon. And no, I did not hire Matthew McConaughey to narrate this.